Just at four, the state government's ultimatum for rail unions to quit industrial action and put a new enterprise agreement to the vote is looming. Chris Ma, that deadline expires at five o'clock, but the unions say they won't be blackmailed. Well, rail unions say they're ignoring a deadline set by the state government set to pass in just under an hour as this dispute continues to spiral. Now, the government warned unions they had until 5pm today to withdraw all industrial action, including keeping ticket gates open. If not, the government said it would be seeking to terminate existing agreements and scrap plans for a safety upgrade of the new inner city train fleet. Today, the union says instead next week it's prepared to consider more industrial action, although guaranteeing passenger journeys will not be disrupted for the next fortnight. The union successfully gained an urgent hearing at the Fair Work Commission this afternoon, seeking to drag the government back to the bargaining table. It's also seeking a gag on government ministers commenting on the negotiations. The union leadership says it's not backing down despite government ultimatums. Our members are resolute, our delegates are resolute. We will not be blackmailed, we will not be threatened. This government has lost the, its way. It, it cannot continue the way it's going. We need the Premier to take a chill pill over the weekend and come and sit down with us on Monday and find a way through this mess. Now the Federal Government is also involved. Federal Employment Minister Tony Burke writing to the Fair Work Commission today, raising concerns about employers threatening to terminate employment agreements as part of a bargaining tool. Older Australians are being encouraged to get back into the workforce with the government relaxing rules around how much pensioners can earn. It's one of several new policies to help solve Australia's growing worker shortage crisis. Political reporter Jennifer Beshwati is in Canberra for us today. Jen, tens of thousands more migrants will also be allowed into the country. Hey, good afternoon. Well, the announcement was made at the opening session of day two at the government's Jobs and Skills Summit here at Parliament House. The permanent skilled migration rate for 2022, which had been set at 160,000, the government will now increase that number to 195,000 this financial year. It means thousands more workers coming into the country as soon as possible to try and fix the immediate staff shortages in areas of critical need like health and aged care, engineering and even to the regions. The federal government will also invest $36 million to clear the backlog of visa applications. It's welcomed by state premiers and business groups who've been calling for the increase in immigration. That'll make a big difference to ensuring we have enough people to do the jobs that are required. This is a really sensible decision. Uh, it's going to put uh, thousands of workers into the system. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says it will make a big difference to filling these staff shortages but also says the country must move towards more permanent migration. We need to learn the lessons of the pandemic and build back stronger. One of the lessons is that our migration mix needs to change. Uh, we can't just have this over-reliance on temporary labour. From the opposition leader Peter Dutton, who's not at the summit. It's too little too late. This is a decision that should have been made 100 days ago when the government was... Uh, elected. Also announced today, getting more older Australians back to work. The government will act to provide aged pensioners with a new $4,000 work bonus income bank credit. Meaning pensioners will be able to work more this year without losing their entitlements.
A home in Sydney's west has been destroyed after fire tore through it overnight. Police are treating the blaze as suspicious. Isabel Mullen is at the scene in Emu Plains. Izzy, the family are now left to face the damage. Well, an Emu Plains family has returned home to find more than half a million dollars worth of damage, their rental property erupting in flames around midnight. Man, I can't believe this. Lighting up Nepean Street, this property started to burn. Fire crews forced to break the front windows to get the water in. Seven News understands the tenants had been renting but were in the process of moving out. No one was home at the time. We're looking at temperatures in excess of 700 degrees. Another concern was this fire extending into the adjoining properties. Neighbours have described waking up hearing a series of loud bangs. The flames were coming up past the trees. Like it was immense, yeah, it was crazy. Just got out of control real quick. The glass just burst out, yeah, with the heat. The whole lounge room or part of the front was just all on fire. Fire investigators are still trying to determine where the blaze started. A crime scene has been set up and they are treating it as suspicious. The chat room scandal engulfing one of Sydney's top private schools may be bigger than first thought. With fresh claims, up to 150 students were members of the group. Bill Hogan's covering the story. Bill, there are also claims the school delayed informing parents for a month. Well, it's been revealed that the disturbing secret group chat established by students from Knox Grammar School had as many as 150 members involved, despite the school claiming just several boys were behind it. Past and present students as young as 15 used the forum to share racist, misogynistic and homophobic messages for two years. The school was made aware of the material in late July this year, but it wasn't until it was leaked to the media that parents were notified. News Corp crime journalist Mark Murray was first to break the story and the first to alert authorities. There were images and videos there that I was so concerned about. After talking to some senior police, I actually gave it to the police. Former parents have since come forward with alarming revelations about the school. Jeanette Newton says how the scandal was handled doesn't surprise her. The thing that really stirred things up for me uh, was the fact that the, the principal had... Um, not bothered to tell parents and was actually trying to keep it quiet. The elite private school with annual fees of $35,000 for seniors and an annual income of more than $100 million refusing to comment any further. New South Wales Education Minister Sarah Mitchell says a review into the internal culture of the school must take place and requested to be kept up to date with any developments in the investigation. United Nations nuclear inspectors have braved intense shelling to complete their first assessment of Ukraine's besieged nuclear power plant. Russia and Ukraine accuse each other of attacking the plant, risking nuclear catastrophe. Sarah Greenolch has more from London. This was a really high-risk mission for these UN inspectors to go and assess the safety of this nuclear power plant. They wanted to see the extent of the damage from fighting and to check on the workers' conditions. 14 experts from the UN's nuclear watchdog set out this morning on this perilous journey to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, which is Europe's biggest such facility. Uh, they had to cross over the front line, entering what is described as the grey zone, which is basically this buffer area uh, not in control by Russia or 
Ukraine. It's between those two armies. The plant itself is still being operated by Ukrainian workers. It has been an intense few months for them as this plant has been under the control of Russian forces now since spring. Uh, about four hours into this mission, most of the UN delegation left, but a team of five will remain in place until Saturday to continue monitoring the safety of this plant. Their biggest concern or fear is that shelling could damage the cooling systems. If they failed, that would lead to a nuclear meltdown. New South Wales could have up to five new mini power stations powered with recirculated water. Government cash is being granted to push the scheme with for pumped hydro plants around the state. Tom Saker reports. Good afternoon. The government is spending $45 million across the state into several pumped hydro schemes, including doubling capacity here to 480 megawatts in an effort to decarbonise the energy grid. The money is essentially an incentive for energy providers to begin feasibility studies to increase hydropower supply, which has been taken up so far by five different hydro projects in Lithgow, Musselbrook, Yeetham, Wollomombi and Bowral. The pumping station here in Bendila has a current output of 240 megawatts and if Origin Energy's feasibility study succeeds, they'll be able to double that output. Treasurer and Energy Minister Matt Keane says this type of clean energy will help to diversify the state's baseload power and transition away from coal sooner than expected. It's going to benefit our entire economy as we deliver some of the cheapest, cleanest and most reliable energy anywhere in the world. This pumped hydro station in Bendila is currently only used as backup power but is very useful when there are outages at other power plants around the state. Once it is switched on it only takes about three minutes to generate power to 200,000 homes and has a duration of 28 hours. It works by pumping water uphill when there is surplus energy during sunny and windy days and creates electricity when the water flows back down the hill when it is still and dark. The $45 million in funding is recoverable, so if all projects get the green light, the government will get its money back, which it says it will reinvest into new energy initiatives. Tom Saker there.